We continue from High Ho Bar and Grill. This is the Missouri Western Coaches Luncheon on Joetown 107.5. Time to talk Griffin Cross Country with the head coach of the Griffins, Cody Ingold. Missouri Western, of course, one of their bigger races of the season, the MIAA Championships going on at the uh, Country Club in Kearney, a site where the Nebraska State Cross Country meet was the day before. MIAA comes in the day after. Women finishing ninth out of 13 teams, but Madison Nash, kind of the star of the show, earning all MIAA honors with a third-place finish, her time of 20. 22-10.3, only 20 seconds behind first place. And, Coach, let's just start there. Uh, very special season that Maddie's put together. And uh, to see her finish top three that uh, close to the lead, uh, obviously a really cool thing for her and for your team. Yeah, it was, I mean, I knew going in, we knew she had a ch chance to win it, and she was in it till probably the last 1,200 meters. And then the Emporia girl kind of pulled away, and she was sitting in second. And the girl actually ended up beating her from Northwest as a – I think she's a – five-minute miler, so she's got some wheels on her, and if she, Maddie didn't put enough room between her and that, that girl in order to give herself an opportunity to get second, but, you know, with how she felt going in and how she competed, like, I mean, she didn't feel good. She said right before, she talked to me afterwards, said she felt terrible the whole way, um, so I'll take it. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you know, that her, her history at the Carney course in high school was not good, so mm. um, the fact that she, you know, got through it and then that course is a really good high school course college wise it's it's kind of brutal you got it gets really hard the second time through and guys third time through so um yeah I mean she battled well she competed well from where she was two years ago to where she is now is amazing and you know it's, it's exciting because she, she does it all with a smile on her face so yeah Maddie a Bellevue native graduate of Platteview so yeah she's a had to be I've been pretty familiar with that course I going in so that certainly helps and then Megan Gillen uh the next highest finisher for the Griffins finishing 36th ninth as a team I guess just collectively how do you feel like the women ran on Saturday we underperformed tremendously um and I don't know if that's preparation or what we talked about it a lot over the last couple of weeks is the best three weeks of training we've ever put in put mm -hmm. together we looked good attitudes were there we were ready and then just didn't show up you know there's a couple people at breakfast that were just more nervous for this than I've ever seen anybody and I don't I didn't understand why and I, I think we just let, got a little bit too anxious for it and didn't we just didn't step up when we needed to and it's unfortunate but I mean we have another opportunity to compete at least here in two weeks at, at regionals so we can right. make the move in the right direction yeah and I know for the men I, I, I imagine they were probably hoping for better as well finishing 10th out of 11 teams Riley Gorham leading the way finishing in the top 30 27th with a time of 2603.1 but uh, do you feel kind of similar about the men? You felt like maybe a little, you're expecting more? Or? Um, yes and no. We sat a, two of our top five, didn't run. Okay. Um, one stopped and puked halfway through. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, and then caught up. And, I mean, it still ended up being our six when he was, like, in second to last place at one point. Oh, wow. Um, so, unfortunate there. But sure. not having a couple people not run. And then I, I made the now a mistake. At the time, I thought it was good. I'd, I'd set them out slow and told them to go out mid-pack, and then everybody would come back, and they went out mid-pack, and they moved up. They just didn't move up well enough. We mm -hmm. didn't get out hard enough, and that was on me. Um, I thought we were a lot stronger than we are, and conference was way better than I gave it credit for. And I just We're not seasoned or old enough to do what I asked them to do, if that makes sense. So sure. they did what I asked. It just we weren't as we didn't we weren't prepared to do. Yeah what I thought we needed to. And it's so. a big men's roster, but a fairly young one as well as we've oh, talked absolutely. about. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, and it's, you know, sitting, we had a senior that rolled his ankle on Monday, oh, couldn't yeah. run. So, you know, we have a bunch of freshmen that are stepping up, yeah. transfers that are just getting, finally getting used to training. Um, 
so it's unfortunate, but at the same time, that's what it is. Everybody's yep. got to show up and do it, and we knew the date over, you know, date set years and years in advance. We knew what day we had to show up, and that's my job to have make sure they're ready, and we just we weren't 100% prepared uh, mentally, at least. Physically, we were more than ready, but mentally we weren't prepared to run well. Sure. Yeah, again, Riley Gorham leading the men, finishing 27th. Tyler Blay, a freshman from West Nottoway, finishing 47th, able to get in the top 50. He was the second highest finishing Griffin in the field. Well, yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, one more competition still uh, as a team, as uh, individuals and teams look to qualify for nationals. You got the NCAA D2 Regional November 6th in Joplin, so you got a, a little less than two weeks to prepare for for that um you talked about training and practice being good um is it a matter of just continuing that and trying to get into a better mindset as you head into that one yeah i think it's just getting mentally right now because mm-hmm. um, physically there's not a lot we can do not a lot of the gains can be made you know the next three days are the most important and after that there's nothing that physiologically that can really change so um you know just adjusting to the weather i think is going to be the big thing good thing is we're going a little bit south i don't know what that looks like yet but mm-hmm. um yeah it's just Changing our mindset. A couple years ago, we did the same thing. We really crapped the bed at conference and then ran really well at regionals. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping we can do the same, battle back and do the same here. I mean, Gillen needs to run way better. Goose has got it in her. She told me after the race that she's in the best shape of her life. She just didn't show up. And I think the girls will turn around and hopefully surprise themselves and hopefully a lot of other people. And then the guys, we're going up to 10K. So that's going to be the biggest difference. We've been training for it. We're ready for it. Um, again, we're just young, so we just got to show up. That's sure. the biggest thing. And does it help that you've had a handful of athletes? I believe Riley and Madison Nash ran in that regional in Lubbock last year. Obviously, unique circumstances, but just getting that postseason experience and kind yeah. of a tough weather day, I imagine that helps a little. Yeah, it does. And then, you know, with Riley, he, he two years ago he was like 32nd at conference and got 30th at regionals. Nice. So bigger field, better field, go longer, and he got, he got better. And so I think we're with where we're at, uh, Maturity-wise, I think we'll be better over 10K. It's at Joplin, which that course runs really, 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 really fast. So we just got to be ready to get pulled through under a PR and then hang on for 2K. So just got to get that stuck in their heads over the next two weeks and hope we can turn around. Do we know the start time for races November 6th? I haven't even looked. Oh, okay. Probably 10 and 11. Yeah, sometime in the yeah. morning. Yeah. yeah, weather getting a little bit cooler. and it's, uh, it's been a little bit more blustery these days, too, that fall weather setting in. So always makes for some interesting r- running. But if, as long as it's dry and relatively cool, I think that makes for uh, decent running weather. That is Missouri Western Cross Country coach Cody Ingold. Griffin's coming off of a conference meet, the conference championships at Kearney. Madison Nash, all MIAA uh, finishing third. And now both the Griffin men and women look to uh, finish strong in the NCAA D2 Regional Joplin, Missouri coming up. Uh, it would be a week from this Saturday. It'll be uh, November 6th in Joplin. Coach, always a pleasure. Good luck. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it. There's Cody Ingold, head coach, Missouri Western Cross Country as they get ready for a postseason meet in Joplin. Uh, like I said, a week from Saturday, November the 6th. We'll take a break. When we come back, let's talk Missouri Western women's basketball. Candy Whitaker's here. So we'll uh, shift gears to that as they get ready to play it's not their, it's a, for their first game in exhibition. It doesn't count in the record books, but we are getting ready to tip off Griffin basketball with Missouri Western women hosting Peru State in an exhibition uh, this Thursday night. We'll talk about that and more with Coach Whitaker on the Missouri Western Coaches Luncheon on Joetown 107.5. 
Welcome back. This is the Missouri Western Coaches Luncheon, live from Hi Ho Bar and Grill on Joetown 107.5. Time to talk for the first time in this 2021-22 academic year. Missouri Western Griffin basketball, the women taking center stage on Thursday, getting ready to host NAIA school Peru State, a school just up to our north and west in far southeast Nebraska. Pre-game 5.30, tip at 6 on KFEQ and the Griffin Sports Network. And we welcome on the third-year head coach of the Griffins, Candy Whitaker. And, uh, Coach, we talked about it a little bit at Media Day a couple weeks back. But uh, to be the team that kind of gets this thing started in 21-22, how exciting uh, is this for you and your team? Yeah, we're really excited. We have a lot of returners and some new ones um, that we've added that we feel really good about. Um, you know, more normal this year, mm -hmm. which is obviously huge um, when you can practice and play live and prep and not be in quarantine. <laughs> All those things are, uh, you know, make for, um, you know, putting yourself on the right path. Yeah, that's one thing we, we talked about, uh, too, at Media Days, just to have a more normal sense. I think having a season at all last year was a victory, but it was conference only. There wasn't as much travel. You couldn't you know couldn't have the conference uh, tournament in Kansas City, but all of that is uh, back this year, full house at the Fieldhouse, so it's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Well, yeah, we're talking about last year a little bit, 6-16. Uh, and 16. You guys are picked eighth in both polls for whatever that's worth. Um, but we talked about kind of what happened in the – maybe the final third of the second half of the season, your last four games, all single-digit losses. You're playing really good teams like Fort Hayes and Kearney. And then your team also had a streak of three straight wins in mid-February. How much did that kind of that improve basketball? Just you got uh, you are able to get Corbin Cunningham back for a few of those games as well. Just how much did that run? How much do you think that can help? going into this year? Well, it was everything for mm -hmm. me as a coach because I could now have a vision for what they were. But because before that, they were not very good. Sure. Uh, we were making no basketball plays. There were no penetrate kick extras. There were no um, just simple things that ha that happened naturally. And, mm -hmm. and I think we were just very overwhelmed um, with the short amount of time uh, we had to learn everything we had to learn before we played a game. We only had seven full practices where we were all together. Um, so it, it just showed, I mean, it showed that, you know, we weren't ready early, mm. um, but we kept getting better. We kept coming to practice. We had great attitudes. Um, and, and because of that, they, they turned a corner, um, we didn't win all those games late, but we were in all of them with one possession, you know, and a chance to win. Um, but we saw what they were capable of. I think the vision for us then, you know, having a plan for them all individually and collectively, what do we need to fill in the gap? Um, that spring we were able to go, you know, fill in some pieces that we really thought we needed, um, which was, was huge for um, our staff to, to really be able to pinpoint needs and, and go and um, sign them. We uh, got to hear from uh, Corbin a little bit at uh, Media Days, uh, the six-foot forward, a big part of your team, again, playing in the final three games last year. And just in those games, averaging 5.3 points and four rebounds per contest. First team all-conference in 19 and 20. She was your lead scorer and rebounder uh, a couple of years ago. Just to see her back fully healthy, what kind of a season do you think we could see from her? Well, Corbin's just really good. Sure. Um, <laughs> she's just naturally very talented. Um, those games she played in last year, maybe she had three practices prior. Sure. She was in terrible shape. But for her to be able to do that in such a short amount of time, I think speaks to Corbin's uh, ability. Um, I think she, she looks great. She's um, probably as healthy as she's ever going to be. Um, and uh, excited to have her back. I mean, having someone um, that you can throw the ball to inside is huge. Corbin passes it. Her decision-making is, is fantastic. Um, and so we're, we're going to lean on her uh, quite a bit. Um, but I think we've put really great pieces around her that complement her as well. 
Speaking with the Missouri Western women's basketball coach, Candy Whitaker here on the Missouri Western Coaches Lunch. And we'll talk about maybe some of the new additions you made uh, to your roster in the offseason with transfers. But uh, beyond uh, Corbin, you got pretty much every major contributor from last season back with Brianna Budgets, Camille Evans, Asia McCoy, Logan Hughes, pretty much every top scorer. Uh, plus, you add the new pieces. Plus, you get Corbin back. Um, still a relatively young team in terms of, you know, what year they are on the roster, but uh, lots of playing experience back from last year. That's pretty good foundation going into the season. Yeah, we feel really good about that. I mean, we have a lot of key returners back. Um, a lot of them are very young. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not real sure what to call them, you know, <laughs> a COVID freshman, I suppose. Right. But, um, you know, they um, they got huge experience as mm -hmm. freshmen. So they're, they're very veteran in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, they understood where they needed to get better in the offseason and really went to work. Um, so I expect a lot of them to be be bigger contributors um, than, than they were last year. They got great minutes, but they didn't necessarily produce like uh, we needed them to. So I expect more production out of them. And, um, you know, they're just they're just going to continue to get better and, and we'll be a veteran team in a couple years. Sure. Uh, well, we talk about the additions you made. Trinity Knapp uh, coming up from Missouri State, someone who hasn't played for a couple years due to injury, but uh, lots of upside for her. Of course, the, the big local ad was Jalen Haggard, former Central Indian, transferring after a storied record career at Northwest Missouri State, leaving as the lead three-point shooter in their program's history. And then also adding a Car uh, Connie Clark, a uh, transfer from Shelton State uh, Community College who had a really good career uh, in the JUCO level. Um, uh, you mentioned at Media Day you felt like this was a really good year to maybe tap into that, that JUCO talent and pick somebody up that maybe other teams overlooked. Yeah, I, I always I believe in when you take transfers, there has to be a, a need. Uh -huh. um, and there was a need for all three of them. You know, Jalen obviously um, can fill it up and really stretch defense. Um, she's quick. She's a defender. I think there's more to her game than just the three. Um, and excited that, that she's joining us. Um, Trinity, um, big post player, um, you know, 6'2", great body, can stretch it, can shoot the three. Um, she hasn't played a lot of college basketball, played as a freshman at Missouri State, um, and then did not play last year. So um, getting her more comfortable, um, she's made big strides in the last month, excited about her future. Um, and then Connie Clark, um, you know, we went to the National Junior College Tournament because I felt like um, junior college kids were going to get overlooked with the extra year. Um, and Connie is um, a big-time land for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, she could play at a lot of places. And um, she's going to be hard to take off the floor. Um, she's just very, very versatile. She can guard. She can defend. Um, she'll rebound the basketball on both ends. Um, and she can score it. So um, she uh, is a big-time addition for us. Absolutely. Um, well, let's talk about this exhibition a little bit. Uh, Peru State, the Bobcats coming down uh, only about an hour or so drive for them. They've already played a game officially this year. They uh, played Doan uh, this past Saturday, another NAIA school there in Nebraska, and they played hard, lost it 83-77 to on their home floor. They'll get another game in tomorrow at Bellevue University in the Omaha area, and then they come down here uh, for an exhibition against uh, Missouri Western. Obviously, this is a cool opportunity for them you know, to come on the road, play a D2 school you know play at a maybe a bigger arena than what they're used to but obviously a good opportunity for your team to just get loose kind of see what you have play a real game compete against somebody besides yourself uh I guess how do you get ready for this one Thursday yeah you know NCAA gives us three of these and I think they're really critical mm -hmm. um you know it's important that your players um have game experience before you know before it's really going to count so it's huge for us uh 
um, to get into game environment, game situations, um, remember how to check in and out of a ball game, <laughs> all those things. Um, so excited um, to see us in live competition and get someone else. Well, again, pregame at 5.30, tip-off at 6 on KFEQ and the Griffin Sports Network. That officially uh, tips off our uh, Missouri Western basketball season. And then the uh, Western women, they'll have a scrimmage on November 3rd, a Live in the Dream scrimmage. That'll be uh, Wednesday night, 6.30 at the Fieldhouse. And then the regular season starts uh, November 12th, Friday night, as the Griffins host uh, Sioux Falls. In a, and, and that'll begin the Hilliard Women's Basketball Tip-Off Classic Friday, November 12th at 7.30 right here at the Missouri Western Fieldhouse. So the Griffins getting to play this exhibition and then play those first two games on the 12th and 13th at home before they face a Southwest Baptist in Bolivar for the first road game. That'll be November 18th. Still a little ways to go until we get there. But, Coach, great to talk with you. Look forward to covering your team this season, and see you on Thursday. Thanks so much. There's Candy Whitaker, head coach of Missouri Western Women's Basketball. Um, we're going to keep it here. Let's talk some Missouri Western Women's Soccer. Then uh, Damian Macias is here, and then we'll bring on Will Martin to talk some men men's basketball and then uh, coach Willie uh, will wrap it up the hour to talk about um, uh, Missouri Western football so uh, let's go ahead and take a break we'll bring on coach Macias first and then we'll follow that up with uh, coach Will Martin and then coach Willie to round out the half hour of this Missouri Western coaches luncheon on Joetown 107.5. We continue on, second half hour of the Missouri Western Coaches Luncheon on Joetown 107.5. Talk some Missouri Western women's soccer. Damian Macias, the second-year head coach up now as the Griffins enter this week 9-5 and 2 overall, 6-3 and three in the MIAA, playing a match on Friday and Sunday, both at home. They started off Friday night taking on the Newman Jets. A 2-1 to one win on alumni night. A pretty good uh, turnout of former Griffins uh, getting out to watch that game on a pretty nice uh, autumn evening there at the Sprat. And, uh, Coach, uh, we'll start there. Um, uh, your team gets off to that 2-0 start. Newman able to punch one in there late, give themselves a shot, but your team hangs on for the win. Uh, Lauren Street, Esther Toth each scoring in that one. Uh, so the weekend started good. Just overall thoughts on that match. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I thought it was a bit scrappy. And to that point in the year, I thought it was probably our most disconnected 90 minutes we'd put forward. Hmm. Um you know, but managed managed an outcome, mm -hmm. and you know the the two goals stood up. But we, you know, were not brilliant for any stretch during the course of those ninety minutes. Mm -hmm. uh, we had quick moments, obviously, when we scored goals, but it didn't stretch to ten, fifteen, eighteen, twenty minutes of play where we had a rhythm, found ourselves, and were you know confident and comfortable with what we were doing. Sure. And then you stay home on uh, Sunday, playing a really talented uh, UCO team, a team that was receiving votes in the polls. Really looked good first half despite uh, no goals in the back of the net. Uh, and then you get into the second half, play only a few minutes. There's the lightning delay. We had the tornado sirens. Everyone had to uh, go into the Looney Complex. And then about a two-hour delay in total. Resume play just before 4 o'clock. And then strong wind. I mean, the weather definitely uh, changed. The t cooled off. Uh, the wind really picked up. And uh, the Broncos get uh, two goals going into the wind, if I recall. Uh, I guess after that delay, uh, what changed for your team? Did UCO come out, do something different? I guess what was the biggest difference in those final 30 or so minutes? You know, to be fair, if I could put my – finger on it I'd be a whole lot more comfortable with what it looked like and you know I'd be settled with why we look like that right um, the break itself was you know I can give you a thousand different stories just coming from the break right we've got three Cali kids in that are like what the heck you know <laughs> <laughs> there's rain number one <laughs> and now there's you know tornado watches and <laughs> warnings and you know and, and whatnot and we've got another 
player in the locker room freaking out because, you know, oh, geez, now I'm getting bumped on and I've got homework that's going to be due that I'm not going to get done and, yeah. you know, shedding tears and nervous about it. Oh, yeah. You know, it, we had a lot of things happen during the break, and but that's no excuse. I mean, honestly, it, it is what it is. Everybody had to deal with it. But we came out and we were we were not ourselves uh, and spent 15, 20 minutes just unable to solve a problem, which was just a press and uh, had no answers for it and gave up two quick goals. And then we managed some changes and adjustments to the game and started to create looks. Mm -hmm. I mean, we really did. But, you know, I guess the biggest red flag out of all of that is it's not rocket science, you know, Mm -hmm. managing that piece. You know, could we have come to that conclusion? a little sooner, right? Yeah. That solution, just a hair quicker. It had given us 25, 35, 40 minutes worth of, you know, back and forth, which mm-hmm. was very similar to the first half. But no, we got socked in the jaw real quick, and <laughs> that was that. Yeah. It's interesting you bring up, uh, you know, you have players who transferred in here from California and are out from out of state. You know, someone who grew up a Midwesterner in Tornado Alley, southeast Nebraska. Yeah, you don't really think about how that affects, you know, people who are not from the region who are not used to that mentally. I know you make no excuses, but uh, yeah, that's interesting because that can be kind of scary uh, if you're not used to it with the dark clouds and the sirens and everything going off. Well, a uh, chance to bounce back this week. Uh, you start w- with a match at home against Northwest Missouri State. Uh, senior night, this is a team that uh, beat you only barely with a late goal. Way back September 19th, 2-1 to one was the final score there. And then you conclude the regular season part of the schedule. Big match at Central Missouri Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock. Jenny's ranked number 8 in the country. We've talked about how they've been kind of, of a perennial power in this league for some time now. Obviously, uh, implica- seeding implications. Griffin's trying to get that uh, top four seed and host. Well, you know, let the chips fall where they may. We'll see what happens once the regular season is done. As we know, the higher-seeded teams will host quarterfinals on November 7th. Obviously, can't worry about seeding now. You still got two matches ahead of you. Just how do you how do you snap back? How do you play these two games and play them play them well? Yeah, I think you know for me the biggest piece is try to you know find the pulse of the locker room, figure out where we're at and what we truly need. You know, at this point in the year, it's not a great deal of X's and O's. I mean, the key components of what we want to do over and over, game in and game out, are are similar. They have been all year. It's more about, you know, where are we at? What do you need from me? What do you guys need from each other? You know, can we settle ourselves and and get back in? You know, find a rhythm and and just put our best foot forward. You know, what else is going on? Where are we at? Uh, Northwest is no secret or mystery either. You know, we've seen them already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we saw them last spring. So those that are returning, they haven't been any different. You know, they do what they do. We, we're, we're familiar with those pieces. The question is, are we ready to manage that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah, on our best day or on a really good day, you know, when we have our wits about us, we're, we're fine. We're right. fine, and it'll be a solid game. They're, you know, they're going to give us a match. We can give them a match and see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, you know, for me it's, you know, what do we need – as a group to set us up for our best day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you played UCM really close uh, at home earlier in the season. I believe that was a 2-1 to one result there. So, uh, yeah, you've hung with them. And uh, that's the thing with the MIAA. I mean, Newman's a team that came in on Friday with just one win, and they were right there to the end. I mean, this is a, it's 
it's a tough league, and anyone can beat anybody any given day. But the Griffins, still a terrific season they've put together so far, 9-5-2, and 6-3 in the MIAA, finishing out with senior night, Friday night against Northwest at 7, following volleyball at 5, then they go on the road to Warrensburg, take on the 8th-ranked Jennies Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock to round out the regular season. Coach Macias, good to see you. Good luck this weekend. Appreciate it. Thank there you. There you go. Uh, Damian Macias, head coach, women's soccer. We'll take our final break, and when we come back, Will Martin talk some Missouri Western men's basketball, and then we'll round it out with a football discussion with uh, Coach Matt Williamson. That's all ahead on the Missouri Western Coaches Luncheon on Joetown 107.5. We're back. One final segment here from High Hole Bar and Grill here in downtown St. Joseph on our Missouri Western Coaches Luncheon. Going to start this final segment talking Missouri Western men's basketball. Will Martin getting ready to start his second season. Coach, good to be doing this with you for the first time. Is that a uh, Nebraska or Nashville Sounds hat? <laughs> it's Nebraska, my home state. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I uh, put on the Griffin pullover, but uh, I didn't have a chance to do anything with my hair, so I had to put on a hat. I got to get you a Griffin hat. I do have a Griffin hat. I okay. thought about wearing it. Uh, Brett Easley was good enough to give me one, but uh, try to spread the love with my hats. But uh, let's talk some basketball here. Uh, very exciting uh, what this team did last year, of course, uh, getting the first NCAA tournament bid in a decade, 14-10 and 10 record. I know by no means your team is satisfied looking to build off of that. Six of your top eight scorers back, but like you said at Media Days, it starts with your three senior leaders, Caleb Bennett, Q Mays, and Tony Chukwamike. Uh, just with those three guys leading this team, uh, how excited are you to uh, to be at work and to be getting ready for the season with these guys? Yeah, you know, they've just really em embraced their roles as captains of this team uh, on and off the court. I couldn't be more proud of those three and our entire team. I mean, it's been a tough preseason intentionally. We've gone 6 a.m.s uh, within our four-hour window, and so the guys have worked. Um, they're, they're, they're pushing to, to find – where their wall of adversity is so that we can push through it. Absolutely. Um, now, uh, this is a uh, – I want to talk about Tony a little bit. Uh, we got to hear from him at uh, Media Days a little bit. You've talked about, you know, him having to overcome some adversity, a little bit of injuries, gives you a lot of good size down low, 6'10", 220. Uh, what kind of season could we expect to see from him? Well, just, you know, I, I'm going to use the word leadership a lot, and I know mm -hmm. it sounds cliche, but – um, that's where his worth and value is, even more so than what he can do on the court. And, you know, on the court, I think that he has a chance to be one of the better, if not best, post defenders in the league. Uh, he's just an enforcer. He's an anchor on the block. He does a really good job of knowing the scouting report, not just for his position, but all five positions. He puts other guys in places. I mean, he's like a, a middle linebacker or, or a safety. He's, he's, he's out there. He's putting other guys in spots. And, that's where his true worth is. I know you talked about immediate media days. He's someone that will get on a youngster if they're late to practice or something like that. So, yeah, always good to see those older guys holding uh, people accountable. And uh, besides uh, that, we have some uh, new faces, not only with transfers yet, but your three new assistant coaches uh, with uh, John and Perry, uh, someone that you knew from your days at Kentucky, and then Damon Jones, a guy that's you know played in the NBA G League, has coached at all different levels. Uh, of course, you had a, a previous relationship with John Hood and Perry Stevenson just to have these three guys uh, in the fold. And I know Coach Hood was very involved with that uh, Play Unified Day yesterday. Just uh, uh, how have things been going with these new three coaches? Yeah, you know, starting off with how they've been on the court and in the office, it's been better than any of the uh, expectations that I would have had. They've, they've exceeded all those um, phenomenal staff. You know, I, I never wanted to hire a staff for me. I wanted to hire a staff for our kids, and they've embraced that. They, they serve our kids. They serve our student-athlete. Um, 
they're 24-7 available for those guys, and the guys know that, and they feel that. Uh, yesterday's Play Unified Day was uh, out of this world experience. Right. Um, we had the Special Olympics here. Our guys were able to play and lead drills. Uh, we teamed up with women's basketball, and their team was there. Uh, just really uh, put put life in perspective. You know, uh, we were able to really enjoy the game, and it, it hopefully reminded our guys of the reason why they started playing basketball in the first place. You know, you can get caught up in rankings and winning games, losing games, expectations, performance expectations. You know, yesterday was, was really a beacon of light for why we all got involved with basketball in the first place. Yeah. And I think that that was a true blessing. And Coach Hood put that together. Um, unbelievable in year one, and we're excited to continue that in the future. Yeah, there's a video of it on GoGriffins.com. Ryan Menley was there uh, making some shots himself in during that uh, weather delay. But, yeah, uh, good to see that teaming up with Special Olympics of Missouri. Really a special day for everyone involved. Well, last thing, it's not quite game week yet, but a week from this Saturday, Embry-Riddle coming to town to start off the small college basketball Hall of Fame Classic at Civic Arena. That first game, Saturday night, 745. You follow that up with a game on Sunday the 7th against St. Thomas Aquinas. Really cool event. Uh, good to see it back this year. Um, I guess uh, what are the days of preparation between now and then look like? Yeah, it's going to be tough. You know, we, we've already had two closed-door scrimmages, which has been really helpful for us. We played Benedictine, who uh, one of the better NAI programs mm -hmm. in the country year in and year out. And then we played Truman this past weekend, um, who were number nine in the country. And just really proud of our guys in terms of their connectivity. We, we've only given them two goals for the season, which is one, be the most connected team in the country, and two, uh, play your best basketball in March. And so we're taking steps um, each day to try to achieve those two goals. And I think that uh, we saw a lot of that in the game against Truman. I mean, just sharing the basketball, talking on the court, um, have to get a little better with our reactions. It's something that we struggled with last year, but we're working on that daily. We have really good kids. Our, our kids are just high-level individuals. They're a joy to, to coach and teach mm -hmm. every single day, and that's what's going to prepare us uh, for the small college basketball. You got Embry-Riddle, who's a really good team. You got St. Aquinas, who I think they're preseason top 10. So being able to play against a top 10 opponent in a scrimmage-type atmosphere, I think will help us. But Again, as long as we're reaching our goals of being the most connected and playing our best basketball in March, um, you know, the, the results of those two games don't really matter as much to us. It, what matters to us is that we're progressing and getting better each and every day in those two areas. Yeah, expectations kind of high this year coming off the NCAA tournament bid, lots of returning talent. We did lose 10 games. Yeah. You know, everyone keeps talking about the NCAA bid, but, like, you know, we lost 10 games. We were, right. you know – you were talking with Candy. They were, they were one or two possessions away each game. You you look at our season last year. Caleb misses his last second shot against Pitt. Right. Um, Fort Hayes goes a little different way. That was a last possession game. We could have been, you know, finished sixth or seventh in the league instead of finishing third. So, you know, our our guys aren't um, tipping their hat at our NCAA tournament bid last year. We're grateful that we were able to experience that, but mm -hmm. we're extremely uh, humble and self-aware of the fact that last year we were just a couple games off from not making that NCAA tournament. So 
we, we have to get a lot better, and we're not hanging our hat on that. Yeah, a lot of close games. I mean, this is a very competitive league, as we know. And, uh, yeah, the 8-1 and one start kind of fueled you guys and then able to overcome a bit of a losing streak there and pull out some late wins against Pitt, against Newman, beating Washburn a second time, a certainly really cool deal there, and then uh, beating Nebraska Kearney uh, in that uh, – in that uh, final game on uh, 74-72. That was back on uh, last February. So, yeah, uh, should be a fun season. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you better and your team better as uh, Missouri Western Basketball tips it off Saturday, November 6th in the uh, small uh, college basketball Hall of Fame Classic Civic Arena, taking on Embry-Riddle, 745 tip-off on KFEQ and the Griffin Sports Network. Coach, thanks for the time. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, good to see you. Will Martin, head coach of Missouri Western Men's Basketball, will welcome up. Coach Williamson here for the final 10 minutes or so as we talk Missouri Western football to round things out. The Griffins uh, now 3-5 and five on the year after a 34-14 setback against Pittsburgh State on Saturday in the Hall of Fame game. Certainly uh, not the Griffins' night, but certainly uh, three games left uh, starting with Missouri Southern on Saturday. We'll talk briefly about the Lions here in a moment, but... Coach, I know very frustrating day, particularly in the first half. Your team able to string together some scoring drives there late, but ultimately Gorilla is able to milk the clock to end the game and come out with a 20-point victory. I guess as you go back and watch the film, as you processed it the last couple of days, where are you left with that one? Uh, just real, you know, obviously didn't start the game well with the kickoff return. I had a couple right. of missed assignments and three missed tackles actually on that um, should have been handled easily um, from that point on, just real stagnant on offense. Um, defense played really well. I think three stops early. Um, and then, you know, we just couldn't get anything going offensively. And then defense gave up some uh, couple couple plays later on during that. But uh, I was proud of how our guys came out second half. Um, you know, we started Reagan. Uh, he came out there, kind of gave a, our offense a spark, started moving the ball down the field. He, you know, he got in there for, I think, I think his first four series, he had a two 12-play drives, a 10-play drive, and uh, I think it was an eight-play drive, and, and two of those times we put it in the box. So got us back in the ball game um, and did some really good things in the second half, but just put ourselves too far away in the first half, in my opinion. You know, you you flip that half, you know, offensively, put it in the first half, it had been a way better football game. So we're, uh, you know, obviously you look at some of the stuff that we – that we, uh, you know, we talked about as a staff and as about players and everything is that we're, uh, we've got some really good players, you know, mm -hmm. fundamentally technique, um, uh, just footwork, all those little things, you know, is one of the things that I talked about. We went to the team, team room and just said, hey, we're going back this week. We're going to go back. I'm going to extend practice a little bit. We're going to get more into individual work on some of those things because that's, that's what's getting us a little uh, wrong step here is getting us in a bad body position. Where we're not able to block or we're getting knocked back. Um, and, you know, we're not finishing through on tackles and, and, and different things like that. So a lot of fundamental, basic discipline, technique, eyes, hands, feet, um, all of that will be worked on really, really hard exclusively this week. And we'll put a package together ready to rock and roll, get ready to go for Southern. Something you talked about in post game, you said you feel like they're, for this team to, you know, get fired up and to play consistently well, you, feel, you felt like in that game Saturday – they have to kind of wait for something good to happen to them. Whereas, you know, you get hit in the mouth with the kickoff return and then your offense moved the ball in those first three drives, couldn't finish them. Your defense came up with some stops early, but then at last Pitt State kind of got loose and uh, built that big lead. Um, you know, we've talked about, you know, getting off to, to, to slow starts and trying to uh, start well. Really, that first quarter, I think you guys responded to the kickoff return well, as well as could be expected, but mm -hmm. unable to get those points on the board. Um, how do you, I guess, overcome that mentality of waiting for something good to happen 
how do you just go out there and just take it from them, make it happen? Absolutely. You know, you look at that, and the, as we talk about it, you know, you got kids playing on emotion, you know, and, and obviously you can't. Emotion is part of the game, but it can't be a, I'm going to play harder or I feel good, so I'm going to play a little bit better. Um, on that side of it, you, we have to look at it. And, and some of it, you know, obviously I think maybe offensively or maybe as a whole because the offense has been a little stagnant against some of the perennial, you know, better teams in the league that we've started to play in. And, um, you know, the confidence in those guys and, you know, it kind of maybe is filtering through some of our other team instead of – and I know our defense walks out and just says, hey, we're going to be ready to play no matter what, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that's that's the name of the game. And your offense is going to play really good some days and defense is going to play bad or your defense play really good and the offense is struggling. And you want to try to minimize both of those where you're actually playing good on both sides and you're not going to play absolutely awesome on both sides. It's just, that's just the way it is. You know, you hope to and, the, and you practice too and all that stuff. But, you know, other people are trying to win too, you know. So we just got to eliminate those mistakes. Um, and the the biggest part of it is, you know, not wait for something, you know, something good to happen. Kind of like what you talked about a little sure. bit. It's, it's uh, we got to, we can't play the motions. We got to play with, you know, with uh, expectations, you know. And our kids have always, you know, and, and that's, I, we talked to you about that. I don't know if I talked to you about that, but, I, you know, you, our kids are going to always play 100% till the till the the game's over. Doesn't matter if we're winning, losing, up, close, whatever. We were down, you know, 20 points. There's four minutes, maybe three minutes left in the football game, and there's no at that time probably no chance to win a football game. And they go for a field goal, and our our guys unbelievably effort. And that's what I'm telling you. Our kids will never quit. Right. That you know went and blocked the field goal, almost scooped and scored. It went down. They got an onside. We could have got it really close, really, really fast. You know, but um, that's one thing is that our mentality is you know we're all about winning. But you know I think maybe that you know this, the confidence level a little bit here and there, maybe with the offense um, and just maybe as a whole that the teams are you know let's wait till something good to happen. Then boom, all of a sudden we're gonna we're gonna turn it on, which. That's absolutely <laughs> the backwards way to do it. We need to turn it on right away. And we've discussed that and talked quite a bit about it with our team and, and our players and stuff, and, and they understand. Um, and I think, you know, 100%, it's, it's, we'll, we'll get it rolling this week for sure. Yeah, you got uh, Missouri Southern on the road this Saturday at 2. Uh, real quick, on the positive side, good to see Evan Shohan back out there uh, playing the entire game. You were down a few guys defensively with uh, Javarius McGuinn, Arnold uh, Creighton, and DJ Sturgis. Uh, I don't know how much you can share about it, but how, how are they feeling? I guess what's the long-term outlook for those guys? Yeah, it looks like, and I don't know 100% for sure, they're all doing better. I know Good. that. But yeah. until we get until our day of our trainer gets them out on the field and moves them around because he's kind of got to clear them and everything, I think Arnold should be okay. Um, DJ's uh, was a lot better. He just – he, everything's cleared. He just his strength on one side of his, his shoulder and body from the one hit that he kind of that he put on that guy. Um, he's got to get full strength back. Otherwise, it's putting him out in you know in in a contact game that's mm -hmm. not at full strength. That's not a good situation. You can injure a kid. So, and um, you know, and then Javaris, I think he'll be. I'll be think he'll be fine. He was good. he was feeling really good on Saturday, but it was just. If you're not 100 percent, you got to cover a really good wide receiver. That's and you're not 100 percent. It's not good to put someone out there because you're going to give up six really, really quick. So he, we, that's why we shut him down. So we're trying to make sure that he's 100 percent healthy, and I, I believe he, he will be by Tuesday. Yeah, it looks like the Griffins will be a bit healthier as they go to Joplin this Saturday, a two o'clock kick, 1:30 pregame on KFEQ. Uh, Missouri Southern, uh, some obviously uh, identical record at three and five. They get hit in the mouth going to Kearney to start the year in a game that was rain delayed. They get shut out 38 nothing. They come back home, lose a close game to Northeastern State, and then uh, start to play a little better football. They beat uh, UCO on the road, kind of losing a shootout to Fort Hayes. 
played really well against uh, Pittsburgh, lost that game by only four points. Blowout Lincoln beat UC, uh, UCM, uh, Central Missouri, in a really close game. And then uh, they go into Emporia on their homecoming and lose only 24-21. So, like you, they're probably a team that feels like uh, maybe we should have won a couple of those close ones. Um, as you look at this team uh, early on, uh, what stands out to you about them? Yeah, for sure. They, You know, the, uh, Coach Bradley's got them playing really, really hard. You know, it's a lot of carryover players from the coach that was there before. And he's got them all connected and has brought on some new guys and, and doing some good things defensively. They try to keep – they make you work down the field. They, they stay pretty high and uh, make sure they don't give up a lot of big plays. Um, they move – defensive line-wise, they move and twist and slant a ton. So, we're going to have to be on point uh, offensive line-wise for sure. Just the, all the different things that they do, you know. And and then, the, you know, they execute on offense. The, the, they've kind of been on and off a little bit, but their quarterback does a good job. He's got a good arm, has some good visual, and makes some good positive – you know, some really good throws. And they've got a couple of talented receivers out there too. Offensive line's really big. Um, they've been able to run the ball a little bit, but it seems like they, you know, they want to chuck it a little bit more um, on the pass game stuff. So uh, all around solid team. Their specials are pretty good. They, you know, do a bunch of different trick things on their stuff too. So we're going to have to be prepared for that. But solid football team. They're coached well, and they're going to be ready to go for us, um, knowing that they want to win. It's, you know, a home game for them. And then obviously uh, we want to get down there and get back rocking and rolling again. Yeah, it's a Lions team that went 2-9 and nine in the last full season in 2019. And, boy, they have a gauntlet uh, to end this uh, 2021 season. They uh, host Northwest uh, next week, November 6th, and they're at Washburn to end it. So tough stretch for them as both of these teams look to simply finish strong and get above 500. And uh, so for Missouri Western, it's uh, at Joplin this Saturday at 2, back home for Senior Day against uh, Central Missouri on the 6th, and then at Lincoln on November 13th to round out the regular season. And, just briefly, Coach, as we close out today, with these three games left, uh, obviously, you know, no one's really thinking about, you know, bowl game potential or anything like that. I mm -hmm. think the focus is finishing strong, getting above 500. I guess how do your guys just focus on one day at a time, one task at a time as you look to finish strong here? Oh, it's just about competition. I mean, if you, you don't want to compete, we don't really want to our football team. So our kids, we've challenged our kids. Our kids know that. Um, we're going to compete, and as you saw, you know, at, at all times until the end of the football game or – um, and we'll put the kids out there that want to compete and stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, you, you sit there and you talk about, you know, the championships and all those things. Sometimes that people shut down or teams will shut down. Our kids won't shut down. I can tell you that for sure. I mean, sure. they're going to go out there ready to go. Um, they're going to be ready to play. They're, you know, after our meeting on Sunday, it was really, really solid. And I know when we come out there Tuesday, they'll be ready to practice just like normal, uh, make corrections, um, get ready to game plan, do all the different things for against Missouri Southern, get ready to kick some tail. Yeah, yeah, certainly uh, looking forward to these uh, last three games here as uh, three good opportunities. We talked about that in post game. I, I know Western doesn't have the record they want, but these are three teams that are below 500. Anyone can beat anyone, as we've seen, but I think three good chances for Western to get back in the win column to end this year. you got Senior Day uh, the following Saturday and then uh, regular season finale on the 13th at Lincoln. That's Missouri Western head football coach Matt Williamson. Griffins and Lions pregame at 1, kickoff at 2. Myself, Ryan Menley, and Brett Easley on the call, Coach. Good to see you. Good luck this week. Absolutely. Go Griffs. There's Matt Williamson to round out our Missouri Western Coaches Luncheon. Thank you to the coaches. Thanks to you, the in-person audience, for joining us. Thanks to you for listening. We'll be back next Monday at noon, live from High Hole Bar and Grill. we get you back to more of the 80s, 90s, and more on Joetown 107.5. So long.